Welcome Danielle Arsenu. She's a 5-1 emotional projector, a body wisdom and human design coach, and her slogan is sound body, sound mind, sound life. If you read her offerings, you relax from that alone. Listen to that one nourishing, warm hair and scalp treatment comforting warm stone relaxation massage integrative bodywork and body wisdom coaching not to forget about her human design work welcome danielle thank you do i have forgotten anything there's so much and it's always changing so this could be different down the road. <laughs> Today it is like this and tomorrow it, it's completely different. <laughs> Could be. Could be. I think the basis remains the same. Yeah, it's like we can see the emotional authority already in the words. It was for me so obvious it's really you want that we feel your offerings more than count numbers yes absolutely that's the idea <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> we have already talked a little about emotional authority what are the body sensations you connect to your authority I would say it depends on where I am in my wave. So on the high point of that wave, I can feel a lot of excitement and energy, um, like the energy comes up in the body and it's really high up like in the head and the heart center. Um, I feel inspired and invigorated. And then as that starts to drop down, I can feel that sort of soften and in the middle of that wave, I feel a lot of just resonance and calm and peace. Um, there's really not a lot coming in. Like I don't feel high or low. It's just very balanced. And then when it dips down, this is one of the waves, then I feel a lot of times we'll feel melancholic or I'd like to retreat on my own. I don't have a lot of energy. It's really time to rest and like study or read or do something that is really nourishing for myself. And then with the other wave, the bodily sensations are like, I could feel it. I can, I can feel kind of a little irritation happening and then like, okay, it's not so bad. All right. Well then it, a little bit more, like it just adds and it adds and it adds. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, blah, I'm not, you know, not, not freaking out on anyone, but it's almost like it comes to a head, like it comes to this tipping point. And then once that happens, it's kind of like, ah, and it dips back down into that normal range and my body then again feels that peace and that calm and like we're starting over. So I can really tell in my body those highs and lows. And that's really how I discovered them in the first place. I'm starting to really lean into that. Even in, even with my husband, he'll, he's a, um, a pure generator. 
and he makes me a little crazy sometimes because he's so, so fast and so much energy. And I have come into this emotional authority since, since we've met. And so he's, he's seen a change, but he understands the cycles. And I tell him, I'm like a fine car. You have to really, you know, you have to recognize me and you have to adore me and you have to really see me for the, the extravagance and the beauty and the time it takes to get my, my, my stuff moving, you know, I can't just take off out of the gate at 60 miles per hour. That's just not going to happen. So it's been really lovely actually to be able to express that and have it recognized by myself first and foremost, because I think that's where the caveat is for recognition. So many times we're looking outward for that recognition to be seen and heard when really we have to establish that for ourselves primarily. With emotional authority, it feels like that. It feels like, you know, I I know where I have to be to be in the situation as the firefighter, like you say, but I might be at the the bottom of my wave. And so I, I can't change that. I can't shift that. I just have to work with it. And so it's almost like if I go into that scenario as a firefighter, I, I have to be very aware of where I am on that, that wave. Right. And it's, it's very, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it can be touch and go. And it's almost like I'm a different human <laughs> in each phase of where I am in that wave. And so the response that I get from people can also be very different. So that's something I've had to really work with. It's like, I just, I'm almost like inside of myself behind this wave and it's happening and I don't have any control over it. I just got to buckle up and go with it. It's like riding on the river. You just, you just have to ride those waves. So you have to know when you respond to a call on which part of the wave? Yes. Yes. And in fact, to use that metaphor, I would say that it's almost more beneficial for me to, to say no to a call and ask someone else to take it if I'm not in a place of clarity. I also observed in our previous talks that sometimes you're really 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 slow so it takes days till you get back then sometimes you immediately within 24 hours you ride back and then there is a middle phase it's one to two days you ride back it was really interesting to observe yes yes and and another thing to note um, as i've been looking at my chart in my authority is that you can have you know the tribal waves you can have the individual waves um, they're very different in nature. So I actually have the 39.55 and that's a very, it kind of goes up and then down and then up and then down. So deep highs and lows. And then I have another emotional wave that's happening at the same time where it kind of ratchets up, and up and then up and then it'll go up and explode and it'll come back down. So I can be in those overlapping 
I can be in them at the same time, or they can happen back to back. It's very volatile feeling sometimes. And what I observe is this up, up, up. That's not a rhythm we are accustomed. We are much more to when we see waves, it's always a sinus wave or something. But there is no like, I think right. if you do not have human design, you would never figure out such a form. No, and it's been, it's been lovely. It's been, it's given me so much clarity. Because, you know, you, when you are an emotional authority and you feel that and it's almost imposed on you, like you have no control over it, you can kind of feel like you're a little crazy. <laughs> like, why was I okay 10 minutes ago? And now all of a sudden I'm like, like what? Nothing produced that. Nothing incited that. It's really inside of me. And taking the time to journal or jot down like this is how I feel on this day and do that for a period of time has given me this pattern where I can kind of see where these things are happening and it's really correct for me and so I'm like whoo <laughs> I can imagine it's really interesting to inform your partner on every difference your experience at the moment how are you doing that <laughs> yeah and i i gotta tell you i i love my partner beyond belief he is so um he, he observes them and it's funny because he he said to me he's like you have these cycles and i think he may have even pointed that out before and i would say oh i'm, I'm so sorry i'm i'm not feeling the energy today and he's like oh i know it's it's this cycle that you have And so I think it's actually more obvious to people outside of me because they're not inundated with all of the sensations and the confusion and all of that comes with it. They're just really able to observe. And so that's something I'm trying to um, cultivate for myself is to create a little bit more of an observation around that as well, because I know what it feels like. And now I'd like to see what that, that looks like. <laughs> Interesting that the persons who are close to you have felt it before you. But after all, they have to live with you. <laughs> so, so, so they need to get, I can imagine a partner needs to understand its counterpart because it's affecting him. So, oh, she's just in that mood let her be she comes back i think if you observe that 15 times if you're observative then it's just like it is exactly exactly and it's like it's like seasons right we have a summer we have a winter we have a fall we have a spring it's like that they don't last very long but they're they are present in a cycle When you studied your emotional authority, did you have many big aha moments or were there many small ones? I think many small ones over time because you can't, there is no truth in the now. 
with that authority. And so it's almost like in the study of it, I will get a snippet and then I'd have to feel my way through it. And then I'd get another snippet and I'd have to feel my way through it. And so it took quite a long period of time before I was able to sort of put those little snippets together and see an entire picture. And I'll tell you, it tests the patience (laughs) a little bit, but I think that's just the way it has, it had to be, right? There was no discovery, like a big aha moment. It was more those little, little observations and little discoveries over time. Have you also dealt with the feeling of regret or somehow because the emotional is probably the most complex one? So have you ever felt belittled? Belittled? Uh, Disadvantaged, unprivileged, handicapped? Yes. Misunderstood would be something that stands out for me as well, that I would almost feel like there would be a lot of pressure around decision-making to do it right now and to be certain. And realistically, and I've seen this written in different places where you can only be like 65% to 80% clear ever. And so there is never that like 100%, I feel so solid in this. And I've actually misinterpreted that before, like at the high point of my wave, I'm like, yes, this feels so good. This has got to be right. (laughs) And then later I'd have to back out of that decision. And then there's the disappointment of other people and the criticism of myself. And, and that just feels like a mess right there. It just feels like, can I ever make a decision that's right or clear? So that would feel, yeah, that would definitely fall under that category. So you also thought it would be easier to have another authority at the beginning? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. 100%. (laughs) Oh, I mean 80%. (laughs) (laughs) So it can't be true because it's 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I guess that sometimes I, I would feel as if I would look like I'm unstable, like I didn't like I couldn't make good decisions or I was sort of flighty or flaky and that, that didn't settle well with me. Cause I, you know, inside I knew I'm like, that's not what's going on here. And so sometimes I think I would make decisions out, misaligned decisions in order to um, look mm. like I had it all together, I guess. Like I wasn't an like emotional. Be long. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of fear of missing out comes with this authority, I think. Like, if I don't make the decision right now, it's going to pass me by. And over time, I've learned that simply is not true. What's meant for me will land. There's a German song. It says, let the current flow. What doesn't float along doesn't flow away. Mm. I love that. It's interesting. It just occurred to me that I've always been a person that, um, well, not always, as a younger person, 
more in touch and closer to my true nature at that time. Um, a very go with the flow kind of person. And when I'm in that flow and when I'm aligned with that authority naturally, I feel like there's more peace to that. And in fact, it's calming to people. And always people would say, you're so easygoing. Like you can float with all of the ups and the downs and it just doesn't phase you. <laughs> it's, like, it's like floating the wave instead of like, you know, trying to barrel upstream. And I realized that that is, those are the moments and those are the times in my life where I was observing my authority without realizing it. And there was so much less resistance. I th think there are aha moments and when we understand something, we need courage to implement it. You said you were always a very flow kind of person, but then you even stick out more because everything is like always stressed out, always hustling. Well, as it, as it, Like as a child, when I, I feel like, like I had said, I was observing my authority in a natural way and I wasn't old enough to have had so much conditioning yet. Right. And I feel like I would go with the flow very nicely and it brought some peace and security to people around me. Like it didn't feel chaotic to them. And then I, I, there was a certain point where it became I know, I know that this happened, this conditioning where I was supposed to then respond all the time. This came at me. I had to respond. I had to respond. And, and it was, if I didn't respond, then I didn't care or I wasn't interested. And, and so I got into this very, um, almost like being shocked. That's what I would say. It felt like being zapped and I'd go, ah, ah. and that's how I was living my life and be getting further and further away from that emotional authority in a natural way. And yeah, that's, that's interesting. Now that I say that out loud, <laughs> I know that's when that shift occurred. And in school, they always want an immediate answer. If they ask you something, you can't say to them, Oh, I'll get back to you in 72 hours. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that is, that is not okay. <laughs> What were the biggest struggles for you to get back? Were there big blocks, uh, as you described before, more smaller ones, but many? So let me just see if I'm getting this right. What were my biggest blocks to getting back to the authority? You said you, when you look back, you saw that you always did it. Then you were conditioned to react immediately you suffered and uh, after you found human design you saw that it was right all along yes i think the biggest blocks to getting back to that were and i hate to say this without sounding like pointing the finger but other people not Like I didn't have the space and the time I raised four children. And um, at the time, my husband and all the kids, like manifesting generators and generators, that's the world I lived in. And so to be a parent of these humans, 
didn't really allow me a projector-esque kind of deal, <laughs> right? I had to really be in the moment and respond. And it seemed like a lot of urgency all of the time. And so not taking the time for myself to be in my own energy and to recuperate, not being able to say no, um, you know, I need this time. I just let it just ramped up and ramped up and built up and built up. And I actually developed an autoimmune disorder and I'm currently, you know, healing from that. And so, I mean, that just goes to show you when you are out of alignment with your natural design, how, how chaotic it can be even in your own body. You two are like forced back to the natural flow. It's very interesting. Yep. Yep, exactly. Absolutely forced. And when I first began this journey, someone said to me, Danielle, rest is an action. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and you're a human. My mother would always say to me, Danielle, you are not a human doing. You are a human being. <laughs> I let it run over my head, but now it, it reverberates like I'm a human being. I'm it's the beingness, it's the part, it's it's who I am, not what I do or what I produce. That is the gift. And we Westerners always want to do, we want to do silence, we want to do relaxation, we want to do meditation. It's so funny when so many Uh, people, friends or colleagues tell me, oh, I've tried meditation once. It didn't work for me. <laughs> It's like, oh, I, I was uh, pushing the bicycle, but yeah. I, I couldn't ride it. It didn't work for me. <laughs> It's like that once. <laughs> exactly. You know, what's interesting, too, is that I feel like I was a different person while raising my, my kids. And um, now that they're adults, we've had conversations and all of them at one point or another have said, Mom, you are really different now. I'm like, it's because you guys moved out. It's because <laughs> I, I've been able to rediscover my nature and my energy, right, and not putting other humans at the forefront so they don't, so they can live, right? <laughs> so they can thrive. Yeah, this super generator comes to mind. You were probably the 120% generator all on fire. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah, and I, I thought I was this, I thought I was a manifesting generator forever and ever. If I were to have looked at human design and, and identified with a certain type, it would have been that. Looking back, can you imagine a way how a projector can raise a manifesting generator or any kind of child, type of child, <laughs> sounds weird, <laughs> in a projectory way? Looking back, I, I can um, imagine how I would have shifted things because as adults, I have shifted that as well. So instead of, you know, being the, the guide who is, you will do this and you will do that. I would have asked a lot more questions. 
I would have helped tap into their sacral authority and let that guide them. And, and I always had a sense of that, but it was like, there was this outside conditioning that says, no, I mean, and I had four boys. So it was kind of like, you know, things had to be very precise. I mean, getting four boys in the car was like a true feat (laughs) at times. And so I became almost, I want to say like militant, like, this is the time we have to leave. This is what we have to do. And although I was guiding, I wasn't implementing as much of their authority as I think I could have. And so, so nowadays, right, I'm coaching them on their authority and how to figure that out in their lives. And it's a very different ballgame. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, I think going back, I would have listened to my own authority and I would have shut out all the outside distractions and all the outside opinions. How important would you deem boundaries, but not this uh, forcing like you described, I mean more structure. So if you have inner structure. I think I would have put up bumpers, <laughs> right? Like bowling. I think I would have left the lane wide open and put up the bumpers So they can't fall off the cliff, but they can bounce around in there all they want and still be safe. I feel like parameters versus, I guess, structure, and then let them kind of build their own structure within those parameters of safety. That's my, you know, that's my job as a parent is to keep them safe and healthy and, and let them grow into the individuals that they are. Uh, for me, a small, how do you call it in English, these small racing cars for the child's? Yeah. This comes to mind. You have your lawn and they can build their own racing track with bumpers in there. But these are the boundaries. You can drive out there. It's dangerous. But in there, you can have fun as much as you want. Yes. Yes. And I think if I had understood my emotional authority at that time, it would have, it would have softened things for me. It would have brought some clarity to how I operate and then my interfacing with, with my children. It's more a trust mindset because all the other mindsets are based on fear. Control is basically fear. Yes. Yes. And, and there was a lot of, You know, when I would kind of do it in my projector way, <laughs> but I didn't know it at the time, I would catch a lot of flack from people on the outside. Like I wasn't doing a good job and that I wasn't disciplining enough. And, and I really fell into that trap. So it's interesting to look back. The fear of not being a good mother seems to be huge, especially with the first one, what I observe is. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's no instruction manuals, <laughs> but human design, human design, I feel like gives a little bit of a blueprint. And that's something I'm really embarking on these days is um, moms with young kids learning not only their human design, but the human design of their children so that they can help them discover life you know, through their design versus through the conditioning and the societal norms that we have. 
Interesting. Human design is huge there with the not self. Even Gene Keys with the shadow, these two give so much uh, awareness mm -hmm. where we sabotage ourselves all the time. Like only this open heart center, the ego center, <laughs> with always proving <laughs> that I'm good enough and worthy <laughs> and better. Uh, what I feel strongly is the open root, this stress, this pressure to get things done. Mm. Because both of my parents are and my grandparent is defined, so I have strong conditioning there. That's <laughs> yeah, very interesting. That is and interesting. That's why I do the podcast because authority gives back the trust, the confidence to oneself, to the inside. Some suddenly there is something that was silent but always there that was always right. And looking back, I guess everyone I will talk to from now on will say that they have known all along. You said you knew this flow in your childhood. I was always talking to myself as a self-projected projector. But they say self-talks the, is the first sign of craziness, so I stopped. <laughs> But when I was in the forest by myself, I started to mumbling to myself, just talking. I liked that always, just speaking. Uh, have you implemented this concept, what we spoke about with your, what you would do if you would be young and have four boys uh, into your business too? So in easy terms, what have you changed in your business since you came back to your authority? Well, that's a good question. I like that. Um, I've been working on this a long time and I have to say that I think my business has been the best reflection because it's not another person, right? I mean, it's kind of an entity as you create it, but it, it creates in response is created in response. And so I have seen my business change from this very structured, um, mainstream type of marketing to my my brand of how I do it. Like I don't I don't actually really even market. I I like the word of mouth situation and I've I've caught a lot of flack from this. Like I tell people, like the people that I've worked with in marketing and social media and stuff, I'm like, I can't do it like that. I am not going to show up like a generator. This is how I roll. <laughs> if you don't like it, we're misaligned. You know, <laughs> like I've had to be very adamant about this is how I feel about it. And that's, that's, that's where it comes from. And so I let my business go with the flow. I don't respond very quickly and I let people know, hey, it could be 72 hours. I'm going to see how I feel about this and it could be I'm doing this podcast and it feels great and now it doesn't. So now it's gone. <laughs> right? So I've just let it happen and it's been beautiful and it it was scary at first because it looks kind of, you know, discombobulated and disjointed. 
but really for me it isn't and the cool part is that I've really called in the people that are meant for me in that way and it's become so much easier I just don't worry about it when we observe long enough we figure that we are rarely in places for the reasons we came there so the podcast is maybe that you could stand to yourself to be confident in your emotionality to have the freedom to speak and do as you like it or like you said meet the persons uh, the human beings you needed wanted and it's so interesting this we this goal-based concept if you would have struggled to the goal because you said you want to make one a week and you want to reach that follower you would have destroyed yourself <laughs> absolutely yes and then you know so by the time i would get to the place where um you know maybe a client would call i would be depleted or people sense that People sense when you're not in a place to, to, to give or to hold space, right? They, they know that. And I've experimented with this for a long time. And my, my poor husband's like, you can't do it that way. I'm like, oh, do not tell me. I can't do it that way. <laughs> Just watch me. I'm telling you this is how it works. And, and I really love to get on like the discovery calls, if you will, because I don't know I don't know who I'm dealing with until that person is there, right? I don't, I don't know who you are and how you are and, and, and I can't connect with you in a way that's meaningful unless we have a conversation. That's just how it's, what it's boiled down to for me. Yes. I'm looking forward to uh, teleportation. Yes. <laughs> I'm waiting for that one. It's like I remember it. It's like what traveling four hours, 24 hours to get to the, oh my God, that can't be true. <laughs> I'm with you. I want to snap there. <laughs> How long did it take for you to transform from this structured business to a natural flowing business for you? Well, I can say in all honesty that it's still a work in progress, but I'm getting closer. Um, but it's, I can say it's probably been about nine years, eight, nine years. Yeah. I mean, and part of me, my mind says, oh, you should have had this figured out a long time ago. Why couldn't you implement these things? What's the problem? But it's taking the time it takes for me to, to arrive there. And I'm learning more and more that if I just sit back and go with the flow, that things work out, things evolve the way that they're supposed to. When I get in there and I use my mind to fix and arrange and force and contour, then it, not so much. Called micromanagement. I always think about that word when you describe it. Yes, that's exactly what it is. 
Are you already on this point? I imagine many times where you look when you have this realization and you see how successful and easy it is that you look back and you say, what have I done my whole life? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, there, There's the piece of that too, where I've had to be super kind and gentle to myself around my experience instead of looking at it as how much time I wasted, like look at the, the deep experience that I've come to understand. Like That's beautiful. And so it's all a part of the big picture and each piece and each phase of that experience has been beneficial. Yeah, in some way we are here to release certain kinds of knots in the energy field i can feel from my ancestral um, line my mother always wanted to travel see scotland and ireland and and more of europe it's for us it's not far it's maybe one or two hours per flight you know and she never got there We are not there to demonstrate if you are against something society does at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we are here to do it energetically. Mm, That's so powerful. I had this insight the other day and I don't know why it took so long, (laughs) but I was sitting there and I was like, not doing anything necessarily. And I remembered like, wow, I am in my restful state and in my beingness holding that template, right? That energetic template. I am doing energetic work. Just sitting here, like how amazing is that? Like how truly amazing is that? And what one huge thing that I've noticed is when I, when I, started to come back to my true nature and be living in my design and really bringing forth all of this internal awareness and internal recognition, my family has shifted. My children have shifted. My mother has shifted. Um, and, and some of it has, has felt uh, a little erratic, but I can see those. And so I don't have to force anything on anyone. I just need to do my own work and somehow it ripples out energetically relationships are so dynamic the moment i shift a topic next time i have a totally different experience one beautiful thing is i the 24th jinky which i spoke about is all about surprises inspirations come through surprise so uh, he wrote Richard Rudd that my life is all about surprising myself and others constantly (laughs) and I gave it a try and I when my mother visited I had some things I planned which I said oh it would be interesting and then I just did it And we had such an emotional, warm conversation and she was full of appreciation afterward because I showed her how to deal with her emotions, how she could allow them and feel them. 
never before has she given me such praise for anything on body work I've done with her. It was so beautiful just by doing it. That's so interesting how that all comes together. It reminds me, I, I actually have the 8-1 channel and that's that, you know, creative contribution and it comes from, it's the throat to the G center. And as a, as a child, I remember being like, I could get into these roles and completely change personality and voice. And um, in fact, that happened recently, we were playing a game where you, you have to do certain things in a voice and, and everybody just looked at me like they'd never seen this part of me before. <laughs> and I remember as a child running down the hallway and like I had these, this glittery shirt and these green pants, they didn't match at all. And I slid down the hallway and I told my mom, I said, I want to be bizarre and unexpected. <laughs> right. And that comes up for me a lot of times. I'm like that, you know, that unique self-expression instead of being like fitting into the crowd. Like I'm not really meant to fit in. Thank God. <laughs> Can you feel lately that this, that there is a push to go there, a drive, a desire, almost this, Oh, I desire to live a life, a life like that all the time, not only on occasion. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Every chance I get and every chance I get to share it. For instance, um, we went to this. We have a it's called a secret circus society here in our town. And it's. It's amazing. All these different people with their self-expression come together and they put on this show and it's. It, it feels really good, right? And I have decided that every year during this time, it's our anniversary, but I also commandeered the, the costume theme, right? So we have a party where it's, it's like, you know, you can wear your costume and you can be who you want, how you want for that particular time. And so I'm helping other people express creatively their self-expression as well. And it's so fun. And then there is a little voice that comes in. You can't earn money for that. Exactly. Exactly. How do I earn money for this? I don't have that answer, but I'm also very but gifted. If you do, it says you can't because it wasn't hard work. Exactly. <laughs> it wasn't earned. It's exactly. so weird. Both concepts, the one you said is true too. Yeah, that's so true. And I think I have noticed that with projectors and that we have to, we feel like we have to earn it somehow based on that conditioning. And if it's easy, it's not valuable. And what I've come to understand is that the easier it is, the more aligned it is. Do does money come for you in waves or is it more a steady stream nowadays? It does come in waves and it's always been like that. Like um, one time I actually had this dream that I, I used to work in a resort and they would give you these cards, scratch cards 
to play when you cash your check. And the grand prize was $10,000 or you could get drinks or rolls of coin or whatever to gamble with. So I had a dream the night before that I had scratched this card and there was bars on it. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. Well, the next day I went to cash my check and I scratched it off and it was bars. And I told her, I had a dream about this and I don't know what it is, but I think I won something. And she jumps up and down and I had won $10,000. So I'm always very fortunate in that regard. Like I win things or I get unexpected windfall money or, you know, just, just all kinds of different abundance that just sort of binds me. And so I would say that, yeah, it comes in, in spurts. Always. And did it come more as you changed to your emotional flowy state? Yes, they, they coincide. They coincide. When I'm of the mind that I have to go out and I have to generate income, things just shut down. For me, I've observed it is, um, Sometimes there's no income, but there's a strong desire to buy something, but from the authority, not from the mind. And it's like the universe is asking me to thrive, to open, even when there is no proof in the outside. Yes. And then the opposite is also true when there is a lot of money that comes in, Money is like energy. I can feel when there's a lot of energy there. Money is like possibilities. And then I can feel this pressure to buy something I do not want or need, or there's no desire there just to release this pressure. And then the universe is asking me, can you hold that possibility, that amount of energy inside of yourself? Have you experienced something similar? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's been times where it didn't make any sense for me to make a purchase financially. But inside me and with my whole being, I'm like, this has to happen. This is an investment of sorts. And every time I've gone with that and I've made those investments, Things have opened up, like you said, they've expanded. The possibilities have expanded and have really shifted the way that I see money. Uh, I don't think I'm 100% there, but I'm, I'm making those shifts where it is, it's energy and it, and it creates possibilities and it's not the, the paper that we, we think it is, right? It's really energetics. And so, you know, coming up to that idea And that concept of things has really helped diminish the anxiety around society's way of thinking about money for me. Can you tell us some success stories when you shifted on your way? Do you recall some? I guess like one, th one thing that pops into my head as far as like the financial piece and kind of what we were just talking about is um, I, I had been divorced and I had this house, this mortgage, and it wasn't looking like I could pay that mortgage. And so I was trying to come up with all kinds of solutions, like sell the house, um, get roommates, whatever, all the things. And someone said, well, you should do the... Um, 
there was something you could do to to get a little forgiveness on your your loan and i'm like i'm not doing that because i made this commitment i'm gonna pay this back and basically what it was is it took your payment down but it extended your loan term and so it just eased a little pressure and i'm like okay well i i can do that if that's not like going back on my word kind of thing. So I, I did that. And then I actually had a second mortgage. That's This is a long story, but I had a second mortgage. And that was kind of tipping me over the edge as well. And I just said, you know what? It is what it is. I'm going to, you know, maintain that, you know, I, I'm going to just do what I love. I'm going to do what I love. I'm not going to compromise myself and go bust my ass in the hustle to make this mortgage payment. Either I keep the house or I don't. What's going to open up? And in the mail, I got some paperwork and you're supposed to apply for this. And it and there's a lot of hoops to jump through. It's not like they just hand it to you. But it came in the mail and it said, We've wrapped your second mortgage into your first mortgage. You no longer have a second mortgage payment. We've fixed everything on your credit. And I was just, I just cried. <laughs> I just cried. I was like, that is kind of where the the faith in it took me. And there's, there's a lot of different small things like that that just end up happening whenever I seat myself into the faith of abundance. And do clients just come in when you show up as you are? They do. They do. It's interesting. I will, I, I've experimented with this and I will put out like, this is what I'm doing and this is where you can find me and all the hoopla around it, right? Nothing. Crickets. Crickets. And then when I, when I don't advertise and I just talk to friends and I just, you know, if something comes up and, I, and I'm just myself, And I talk about like, well, would you like some feedback around that? Or, you know, would you like to know my experience? And then I get that invitation in and I share myself, bam, right there. People are like, well, how can we work together? I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. That's clearly how it works for me. As a trained human design reader. I guess it's what you have on your side. You never put it out like that. Um, do you think it's even stronger what you said for a 5-1? So I think a 2-4 might have an easier or a 3-5 with the experimental side. Yeah, yeah. I think as a with as a 5-1, that profile is just... For me, that's how it has to be. I have to be in my essence. I have to be, my aura has to be what speaks. And that is absolutely what speaks. So if I'm not in a place where I can put my aura out there, it, it there's some kind of disconnect. And I, have, I haven't quite figured that out logically, but I feel it and I know it. So if I'm If I am out of alignment, so that's my very primary thing is to be in alignment with myself because success follows alignment, period, for me. I somehow got get the picture of the emotional authority combined with the 5-1 profile as a dance with nature. You always need to 
Yeah, you need to be led by nature. It's like you can't be stable because the emotional authority is the opposite of stability. <laughs> it doesn't allow it. It's like trying to stop a river, right? You're like, okay, stop ocean. And, and that's how I've equated it to other emotional authority people even is that the, the ocean has its waves and it has its cycles and you can go out there and try to stop it and let me know how that goes. <laughs> With a dance, you can never conceptualize it. You have to feel it. So I think the moment we try as an emotional authority to understand or lead or guide or do it, it we are off all the time. So it's yes. more like an instinctual response, more from the That's perfect. really body. And, mm -hmm. That's a perfect verbiage. And it's, and it's something that has to be embodied in that moment too. And there's really necessarily no truth in the moment as far as decision-making, but there is truth in the moment when you're following, when you're in the dance, right? You're, you're, you have to be there. You have to be involved and embody that. And, and that's, that's one thing I think that makes how I work beautiful is that I can't tell. It's so dynamic. There's no way to say, this is going to look like this, and this is going to like this, and this is going to like this. It's just not possible. I sense that decisions are foreign to emotional authority. It's like the, the ocean needs to decide in which direction it flows. This is absolute for the ocean. So it's yeah. like the emotional authority isn't made for decisions because only the mind needs decisions. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very interesting place to be in that authority. And, and it's almost like, um, like I'll go back to the seasons. So what you dress like in the winter has to change <laughs> in the summer. You can't wear your coat all year long. You have to change. You have to adapt. You have to go with that, that flow as it comes. It's, you know, you don't predict and determine the weather. You just adapt. <laughs> and if you're sensible, you can sense it ahead. So the more sensible you are, the better you are in tune with the ups and downs. Absolutely. Yeah, you can you can mm -hmm. sense it coming. You can sense it to ebb and flow. Is there any advice you would give to your fellow emotional authority buddies? Yes, I would definitely journal or track it and hold yourself very gently and kindly around your emotional waves and go inward and listen to yourself and feel into those cycles for yourself versus, you know, trying to figure it out externally or from another human being because it's, it's really inside of you. It's really something that's, that's going on inside of you. And it's, it's, it's actually really beautiful. I mean, that's, there's such a creativity to it 
there's such a dynamic dance and, and so much depth and intensity. Like that's what makes life life worth living, in my opinion, is those highs and those lows and all the in-between. And it's just, oh, it's yummy. <laughs> and to really just lean into that and go with it for yourself. See where it takes you. That is so beautiful. Go on. <laughs> more. Is there more? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's the beauty, right? When you're when you're in that and you feel it and you sense it and you go with it, like other people can feel that too. And you, you bring them in on the experience and you help to enliven that emotional content in them. And I think it's amazing. Oh, it's so upside down that you can break down the strong barriers of everyone else without even trying to. So when the ocean comes, there's no thought of holding up a wall or anything. It's just, okay, you tried. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, hey, look, here it comes. Ready? Let's go. <laughs> Or not. Here I come. Not. You can suck water if you want, but I'm going to ride this wave. How can people find you, Daniela? Oh, the best way will be to just email me, actually, because I've got some things changing. Surprise, surprise. So, yeah, my email is, is dannyarsenault at gmail.com. Oh, I have it from the appointment of the calendar, so I can put it in the notes. Yep. Yep. That would be the most direct way. Thank you for the long talk. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for the talk. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk soon. See you. Bye. Bye.